Hello, my name is Marie. And I'm Brendan. And this is Kobayashi Marie, a podcast for the movie aisle looking at things Star Trek, and specifically for this season, Picard. Brendan, how are you doing this week? I'm okay this week, actually. Uh, Good episode, I think. I thought Uh, it was excellent, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, some may say there wasn't too much narrative stretch happening. Um, but it was um, it was a very worthwhile episode, I thought. Definitely. And I think it dug a little bit under the skin at some of the characters again, and certainly Picard, which we can talk about a little bit later on. But I did think bouncing off different people that he already knew and that are not new to him yeah. uh, made a difference. I think so, yeah. We get a bit old school, don't we? We do, which is... No bad thing for me, anyway. I don't think so. Um, Of course, we're going to spoil, so make sure you've watched the episode Nepenthe before you go any further. Um, Brendan, your Picard Picard Precy for this week. Okay, well, Nepenthe. Just remind me what that means. Oh, (laughs) see what you did there. It might mean forgetting. Oh, yes. Or the the pain of forgetting. Forgetting the the pain pain of of forgetting. Oh, right. Living with the pain of forgetting. Yes. Okay. So forgetting. Imminent death. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Okay. So here we are. Now, uh, we are going to a little bit, do a little bit of toing and froing this week. Um, uh, so we won't be true to the chronology, uh, but hopefully we'll be true to the story. Yeah. Probably Uh, makes this one a little bit easier to, to to navigate. You Um, can say that. Well, let's see how it goes. I mean, we can only be wrong or we can be right. So true. That's true. Okay, so we start at the Okinawa Institute three weeks earlier this time. Yeah, not 14 years. Yeah. No, no. So we're getting closer and closer, aren't we, to the present? We are. And Commander O and Agnes are chatting about her two meetings with Picard. So this is the scene that we didn't see. We now we, see it played out. Yeah, we were teased yeah. with it, weren't we, a yeah. couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Agnes's, the end of Agnes's lifelong dream to have met and then an interesting pause there before she says the synthetic life form, as though she was reaching for another form of words. Oh, uh, that's interesting, because I, I wondered if she was um, worried about saying that word out loud. It might just be that. Yeah, it might just be that. Um, but then O knew about it. Um, yeah. Well, maybe she wasn't aware at that point that Commander O knew um, that, that Daj existed. Uh, or Soji existed. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember that the sequencing of things, but it was just a reaching for that. It mm. struck me that it was. She wasn't quite sure what to what to call it. Um, but you could be right. It might be as simple as uh, not wanting to say it. Mm. Well, I, I don't know. There was definitely hesitation anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Commander O uh, says that she needs Agnes's help and mind melds with her, showing the death and destruction that could follow. Should synthetic life forms be allowed? That happened very live. quickly as well, didn't it? It did. It did. Yes, it did. Now, again, you know more about this than me, but the mind meld, that's usually to transfer. You know, if it's a potential future, um, can that happen? I suppose it can. So oh, memories or is it? Oh, because it, how can O say that that's going to happen unless she's from the future? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Well, she may, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> unless she has experienced this potential future. Um, yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. Good grief. Anyway, no, the strength just, of that, the strength of that makes Agnes physically sick. So it's always, yeah. you know, pretty strong stuff. Uh, but this also seems to convince Agnes uh, that she should do what O wants. So is this when Agnes said a couple of weeks ago, if you could see what they've shown me, I presume this is what she was talking about. I guess so. And maybe we didn't see it in real time, because if you had seen it in real time, you'd have said, well, well, well what's all that about? You wouldn't. I don't think you would have just understood immediately. Um, so obviously the whole of that has just been fast-tracked into her mind. And yeah. she understands now the potential darkness of the future. Immediately, without... Without question. Yeah. She's chewing on that tracking device faster than you can... Yeah. Yeah, not thought that it might even be fake news or anything like that. She's no, just... no, not at all. Not at all. So unless she's just conditioned to um, believe in Starfleet, um, I don't know. But... Um, you would think she would have been a bit more cynical, perhaps. But anyway, she seems to just take all that all that in straight away. And then she chewed on what looked like a dishwasher tab or something. Yeah, or well, certainly the centre of a dishwasher tab. Yeah. Yeah. And can I just chuck in a bit of trivia here? Oh, Although now you've now we've talked about oh coming from the future, maybe it's not so trivial. Mm-hmm. The uniform that she was wearing, you know, the um, amber, yellow, gold bits to the uniform. Yeah. The fabric of that had in it the Star Trek Delta, you know, the little symbol that the communicators are made out and everything. Um, But that fabric also appeared in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek films. How can you know that? Because... Because, well, because when I was watching the Star Trek... Have you got some form of telly where the materiality comes out through the screen? I have a very large television in my house, as you know. And when you get close up to it and you're watching in uh, 4K. Um, But the original J.J. Abrams, because uh, Kirk, Chris Pine, puts on, at the very end of that, puts on the gold command uniform when he takes over the Enterprise and I remember thinking oh look it's got the little Star Trek Deltas in it I really like the way they brought that up to date with the fabric and I'd got and you know I make clothes as well so I'm always looking at fabric and stuff so I noticed that whenever those films came out 10 years ago have you um and then I saw oh with the very same fabric in her outfit so now there is it could be just a complete toss aside, okay? But if it or is, it could be. Yeah. It could be that this this iteration is now set in the Kelvin universe mm-hmm. and follows on from the those films, the J.J. Abrams films, yeah. because they're wearing the same. Part. Now that doesn't still mean that O comes from the future, but it does kind of. I don't know. It just is a bit. It's interesting, a bit weird. Yeah. Well, you're obviously asking the wrong person, even well, though the question there. I'm just chucking it out there for whatever reason. Right. So, anyway. so I'm going to have to go back now and look even further into the realms of fashion. <laughs> you can leave that with me. I'll I'll do. I'll be the fashion correspondent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's do that. Next let's time. move I'll leave away. That yeah. yeah, okay, moving moving on. Okay, so she chews the tracking device and off they go. Yeah. Uh, next, we're on the ship. Um, the crew are trying to escape the cube's tractor beam. 
mm-hmm. scrambling their systems, and Anagnus is panicking because she just wants to go home. Uh, she seems very happy to give Picard and Soji up on the basis that the Romulans will just track them down and kill them anyway. <laughs> um, so why can't she just go home? Uh, yeah, I think it's getting the better of her now, isn't it? I think she's bitten off more than she could chew, perhaps. Ah, um, yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, that we, yes, I was just going to, there was this image of lots of interlocking circles. Yeah. And I was, was that, didn't know if that was just the navigation or whether it was connected with the necklace that the sisters have been wearing. Um, but oh, there was no, just this. No. I didn't pick up on that. Where was that? Um, it was just some kind of black and white, well, black on white. Um, it might have just been part of the navigation and I just didn't right. realise it. But anyway, I might have to go back and have another look. Yeah, yeah, do. And, and the fabric. So, and the fabric, and yeah. The fabric. Okay. okay. So, a couple of bits there to go back to. Okay. Uh, right, then we go to the cube. So yeah. we're leaping around a bit pre-titles. Rizzo is interrogating a few XBs, including Hume. Uh, to find out where they've hidden Picard and the synth. Although oh, they're interrogating Hugh, but with a few XBs uh, in there too. Um, she kills and has an XB killed to try and make Hugh speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he doesn't. Uh, and then she kills the rest of them whilst Hugh gets increasingly anxious. And I know she says she can't touch him because he's Federation. Yeah. Well, if she's a Romulan spy, why should she care? It shouldn't, you know, she re- really sh- wouldn't matter. No, you wouldn't have thought so, but maybe there's a, you know, a surface level at which you have to operate. Um, if he is director of the operations on the cube from Starfleet's perspective, um, that, you know, she can't just go around killing people like that willy-nilly. So is she operating as Starfleet or is she operating as a secret Romulan spy? What were is like at this point? Point. Point is the word. Yes. Which makes her a, a secret yet very obvious Romulan spy. <laughs> <laughs> it's when she's got round ears that she's actually a secret Romulan spy. Think, yes, that's true. Yeah. In, with ah, Yes. OK. Yes. But, but we haven't seen her with round ears for a long time. Not for a long time. No. No. So Narek slips into a very small vessel to pursue yes. Picard and Soji, wherever they're going. Uh, and of course, this is the link to the previous scene because he's locked into Agnes's tracking device, I presume. Yeah. Um, and as soon as they've got a strong signal, the cube releases the ship with Narek closely following. And he has five words in the whole episode, five words and one expletive. Oh, and yeah. he, say, he says, yes, that's why the episode moved along so much quicker, I presume. He says five things, leaving now, signal lock strong, and then oh, right. go. And that's it. He doesn't say any more words apart from an expletive a little bit later on. Good. Simultaneously, we want more and less of that then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Rafi, of course, realises that this release from the tractor means could be a trick. Mm. Uh, but Rios, you know, well, even if it is, they've still got to catch me. Um, and then Agnes reminds us that Elnor's still on the cube oh yeah what are we going to do about him as the song goes yeah Yeah. Um, so then we find out I guess that 
Elnor's down there, catches up with Hugh. Though why he wasn't captured along with Hugh is a bit unclear, given that we left them outside the door. Um, Didn't, but wasn't Elnor guard, guarding the door while Hugh went off to secure the Queen's cell? Was oh, that... So he went... Mm, well, I don't... Oh, oh, were they... Oh, oh no, they were... That they were door, both outside the door with the door shut. Elnor Montaya encouraged everyone to come towards him. <laughs> Um, so he could either only move forward or backwards. And if he was in the Queen's Lair, then she would have known where they were, not just in sector, whatever number it was. Mm. So I, I wasn't sure, but maybe maybe it is as obvious as that. Um, I don't know now. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. Mm. Anyway, Rios asks Elnor to return to the ship, but he says now he wants to stay with Hugh and protect him and the XBs. He's now attached himself to another lost cause, it seems. So can he do that? He, he, he can just flip from one cause to another? Well, I suppose in a way, it's, he feels that like... Is that the that way? That doesn't strike me as being... Hmm. Well, it wouldn't, though formally Picard released him from his obligation, didn't he, last week? He did, but he refused to accept the release. Well, maybe he's changed his mind. <laughs> So you just can't follow him, can you? <laughs> you know what he's going to do next, and that's what we like about it. <laughs> so he's going to stay with the Lost Cause down on the cube, at which point uh, Rios manspreads and takes the ship out of the cube's orbit. Massively, honestly. Yeah. I did notice that. <laughs> How much space do you need? It was, well, he's got a lot. But, uh, <laughs> It's got a lot, um, but that was fairly comical. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it is. Uh, yeah. It's a blur. Boys and their toys, isn't it now? Boys' with, toys, yeah. With him on La Serena and Narek closely behind. Yeah, a bit of a chase. Yes. So Hugh and Elnor are off on the Borg. On Hugh. an adventure. Yay, yeah, I was looking forward to that. To find the Queen's lair. <laughs> protect the XBs and take the cube away from the Romulans. Hugh is on one now. <laughs> yeah, he's had enough now. Yes, I think he realises the folly of trying to trust the Romulans um, and uh, he's going to make reparation. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo, though, has been following them yeah. uh, and considers this as an act of insurrection. Now, who heard that? I mean, presumably they're recording this, so... You know, like you said, why she couldn't have just killed him before? Yeah. But then he's the only one who perhaps knows where they've gone. Um, so I don't know. She now has, has cited an act of insurrection, which means she can now kill him because he's not protected by the treaty. He's protected by a young man with a stick. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Not much. Who sets off around the room like Olga Corbett? <laughs> now you're showing your age. <laughs> Simone Biles, I think, for the 21st century. But oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about our target audience, which is me. <laughs> and yeah. I know who Olga Corbett is. So yes. yeah. uh, but that's not the joke. <laughs> uh, and uh, in the end, he and Rizzo square up for a bit of hand-to-hand combat. Yes. Um, but she decides to kill Hugh with a well-aimed knife. I did actually go, no! It was sort of thrown away, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't get a proper chance yeah. to to go no, out in style. No. Now, I don't know if that's actually quite an interesting way to view 
you know, Hugh's, to see Hugh's demise, really. We didn't even spend, although the last shot was Elnor kneeling over Hugh's body, we didn't dwell on that over no. uh, a few seconds. Um, he had a nice uh, comment about, you know, being foolish again and feeling young and uh, being a lost cause that Elnor could attach himself to. But they didn't overplay it, so I thought it was quite good. Um, but you did think it would have been, he might have had more to do or his death might have seen, seemed more significant in a way. Yeah. It was almost, it was just seemed to be thrown away. It um, did. I agree. I think, I think maybe he deserved a little bit better than that. I mean, it's a shame he couldn't stick around for a bit longer, but if he wasn't going to, it needed to be a bit more. I mean, yeah. he's, he was seemed very passive, I think, even though he he got his mad up towards the end there. He still still did seem a bit passive amongst everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was sad to see him go, I've got to say. Definitely. Yeah. But and perhaps it was thrown away, or maybe there's a reason for it. I don't know. There's that kind of waste of life, isn't there there? Um it was quite poignant, but I wonder if they could have made a little bit more of it. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, Rizzo disappears. Elnor watches Hugh die. Um, but Hugh obviously told him uh, he needs to get a helpful XB to enable his entrance into the Queen's chamber, chamber before he can escape. Yeah. So he's scurrying around the ship, keeping a low profile, rolls under a table. And what does he find? <laughs> his free call to the Fenris Rangers. Who might just have a useful XB on the books. Well, wouldn't that be fortuitous? It would be fantastic. Yeah. But where did that come from? Where did that come from? You cannot just roll under a random table on a cube that size and find, you know, a, a, I mean, what is it? It's just, it's a business card, isn't it's it? A, it's like Electronic a little token or something, yeah. Yeah, which then puts you straight through to them. And not only that, it was the only table... That was lit up, so it showed this wide shot, and there's a, just a few tiny lights on, and under those few tiny lights, yeah. Elnor appears from there. And you think, surely you'd hide in the dark, but no, yeah. he hid in the only speck of light, and then managed to find that. Did you? Do you think we've missed something? I, we must have. We, we absolutely must have. Yeah. Unless I, the rangers just kind of leave them lying around in case people want them to help but have the rangers ever been on the cube well we not we don't know no. the only ranger we know is um is seven and i don't think she's been on the cube no i don't get it just it was so much i just thought hang, you know hang on what that i must i just couldn't work out where it came from it was so unexpected to find or unrealistic to find that that key yeah. fob there, which takes you directly through to your saviours. Um, Too much of a coincidence, really. Yeah, I couldn't just, that we must have missed something. Yeah, well, we're both having that case, because I've yeah. written down exactly the same thing. Where did that come from? Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're left there now, hoping that um, Seven is going to return. Yeah. Seven and Elnor would be a ferocious combination, of course. Wouldn't they just, yeah. Not if uh, it was Seven... She might be a little bit... Will she be as disconcerted as Picard was going back on the cube? 
that's the question to ask mm-hmm. if she does go, but it might not be her. Might be someone else who turns up. Yeah, maybe. And then presumably you can just reset the um the device, the thing, yeah. uh to its previous last setting. Yes. Um so I don't know where they're gonna go. I suppose they can go anywhere, can't they? Um but if they get in there and get off the planet, we need to work out where they're gonna to go to. Yeah. But we hope that this is a, a re entry for seven. Oh, oh, yes, I want to see her again. I'm not done. With, with, Hugh's been and gone, but we, we're not done with seven yet, surely. I don't think so. Yeah. No. So, no. But that's the end of the cube for this week, the cube action. Okay. I think. That's fine. Now the ship action. Yes. So we're jumping around a little bit. Um, but on the ship, they realise that they are being followed and try and shake off their tail, a.k.a. Mm. Narek. Um, Agnes again says she'd like to go home and kicks off, saying, why can't they just leave? Why can't they leave Picard? Why does it have to be her that finds the fucking synth? Yeah, and yet she wanted to... That was exactly what she wanted to find. Exactly what she wanted, but I think she's worrying now. And, of course, the language will have some of the detractors from this series up in arms again, because I think the, the the use of such language isn't going down well. Detractors of the series? Yes. Surely not. Have you not seen some of some of those comments out there? Well, people will complain about something, won't they? I know, I know, I know. But no reason to in my book. No, absolutely not. No. Ah. But, but certainly the language, the profanity um, didn't go down too well. I don't think that's not Star Trek. Oh, I think if, honestly, if Jim Kirk could have got away with that in 1960-whatever... Oh, absolutely. Certainly. Well, the way and I'd certainly have done. McCoy would have done. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And a double dumbass on you as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Auntie Raffi takes Agnes to calm it down. And uh, Agnes hopes it's the promise of cake. Do you know, it's if Auntie... If Auntie Raffi, and Auntie Raffi called it Agnes and Honey, and that's really out of character as well. But if Auntie Raffi said to me, Marie, I'll hook you up with anything you need, my first request would not be cake. It would be a large glass of Pinot Grigio. But no, Agnes goes for a huge slice of chocolate cake. What? Go. Gosh, she's got her priorities wrong. Strangely, yes. Strangely. (laughs) Uh, Could you replicate Chateau Picard then? Oh, I'm sure we could. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't we do it, or that? Or that so organic that you're not able to. Oh. You, know, maybe you can, can replicate most things, can't you now, in the 24th century? So, yeah. Even AirPods, although, of course, there are other sound transmitting devices <laughs> available. Uh, but there she was in the first scene listening to opera on a pair of old earphones. Karelian opera as oh. well, yeah. That yeah. which is a little callback to um, um, Stamets in Discovery, Stamets and oh come on, Marie, what are you talking about? Do you know the the, the Doctor on the Doctors on Discovery? Yeah. Um, they used oh, to yes. bicker. Right. They yes. used to bicker yes. about when they met and the love or not of um, Karelian opera. Oh right, okay. Right. Oh, I haven't picked that up. I haven't picked up that. Did I it? believe that's the case anyway. Right, so. okay. okay. Uh-huh. How do you know that? 
Well, you know, <laughs> I stop. I don't read the people complaining about the series. I read the bits where people like it. Uh, I might have to do that. But I'd, anyway, that means nothing to me. Anyway. <laughs> but I know I know about cake. So yes. <laughs> we're having a, a cup of, well, not tea, chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. Nothing is too much <laughs> in Auntie Raffi's cafe. <laughs> and a large slice of red cake. Uh, and she thanks her for being so kind as they small talk. And you're right, you know, even on the bridge when she was talking about when she called her honey, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was softening towards her, actually. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know if, if she was or not. I don't know. But anyway, during this conversation, Agnes crumples and starts crying. Raffi thinks at first it's to do with Chris, with Rios, but then realises that it's about Maddox. Maddox, yes. Um, and uh, yes. Did you not think before that point that it was a psychological emergency so if you need cake or you need you know that emergency hologram appeared so many times and she got rid of it and then she's sitting there actually crying and having a psychological emergency and where is this although she was on her own those times oh right so so we don't, yeah, Auntie Raffi is there, so we don't need. Yeah. So maybe it only comes when called if she's already got some. You're right. Aspect of a support network with her. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> that's what that's what I think anyway. No. So anyway, Rios comes to tell them the pursuer is back, and Agnes is or oh, makes herself sick. Oh, do you think she? Oh. I don't. Well, she said she had three bits of cake, but I. There were plates on the. Oh, was All right, okay. There was an overhead shot, and there was definitely more than one plate there. And oh. Ruffy doesn't look like the type of person who'd go for the chocolate cake. No, she has other ways of medicate, self-medicating. She it, does, yeah. Which doesn't involve cake mixture. No. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, she is sick. She uh, is. Yes. Um, so, again, leaping around, but staying with this, ta- this storyline, Rios takes Agnes to the sick bay. She says she was only sick because she had a slice of cake as big as a Borg cube. Oh. And she has got some good lines, I've got to say. She does. <laughs> she does. She don't trust her, but she has got a lot of good lines. <laughs> um, and then and Rios says that he, he tells her that he thinks Rafi might have been bugged when she was down on Free Cloud. And she's mm-hmm. carrying the tracking device that the Romulans are following. Mm-hmm. Um, in a defence... Agnes tries to tell Rios that he's wrong, but he kind of laughs off, laughs at the thought that Agnes could be the betrayer, especially if she's not been off the ship since she arrived. Yeah. Um, and she does have this kind of innocent front to her. She does. Everybody yeah. except you was taken in by from the start. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was double bluffing her. I thought he knew it was her and he was trying to get her to speak. And then yeah. w- when he kind of shrugs off the idea that it could be Agnes, um, I thought, oh no, he doesn't. He doesn't know this. He does think it's Raffi. Mm. Yeah, he did give her a weird look, didn't he? Yeah, I did think he was trying to get her up to open up and tell him what had what had been going on. Um, but um, he doesn't believe it. Uh, Narek ship turns up again, so Rios leaves, and Agnes um, goes and gets some uranium hydride, I believe, out of the replicator that she oh, stapled into her neck. Yeah. yeah. Um, presume well, presumably to get rid of the tracking device, or is she trying to take her own life? I, d- I don't know. 
it's because the first my first thought was she's actually going to take her own life so that she's not involved in this anymore yeah um but she she does have enough medical knowledge to know that she could de- deactivate whatever it is that's well, you would think so. You would think so. So, does she know what it is? Or what it's, it's a dishwasher, dishwasher tab, so, you know. All right, so she just needs to swell it out in one more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, it is a bit borderline, isn't it? Because she is psychologically troubled. She is, yeah. By Maddox. So and, and other things. And other things. Yeah. Tricky one. So, yeah, what she certainly does is start foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and the hollow nurse arrives asking the nature of emergency because, of course, she was on her own. She was. Yes, you're right. He yeah. interrupts himself with a very funny bloody hell. He was very good. <laughs> I did. I did laugh out loud at that. Yeah, that was. That oh, was bloody good. hell. What's the nature of your. Oh, uh, which was great. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but given Narek's response, on the ship, which we cut to, it looks like the tracking device has been neutralised. Yeah. Because he can't it. find her on his um, on his eye gyroscope, can he? <laughs> he that's right, yeah. Uh, but um, she falls into a coma. Uh, but Rios is still giving Rafi sideways glances. Mm. He still thinks it's her. Now, we know, obviously, they've got a thing going on, Rios yeah. and Agnes. Um and he's yet to see what the issue is. But I'm presuming that will, if she has neutralised the tracking device, we either don't need to speak of it again, um, or there'll still be now distrust between Rios and Rafi that we need to work through. And I suspect at some point I'll be proven wrong about Agnes. She'll come clean about things. She was naive. And actually, she's quite good, quite nice, really. <laughs> well, I mean, you did when you said there was something weird going on. I mean, we know now that that's been prompted by this encounter with O. Yeah. She thinks she's trying to save the world. I'm just not quite sure about why she's now decided that that's not important anymore. Yeah. But it's messing with her mind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. She's, you know, she's just doing it. I think she's just tr- trying to sort herself out, protect herself, get out of there somehow. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. Tried, to, she tried to reason with them a couple of times. Um, well, not well, you couldn't call it reasoning with him, could they? <laughs> he's, uh, <coughs> he's got a feet paying client he needs to sort out. She's just along for the ride. Live with it. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit um, offhand. Yeah. But, but nevertheless truthful. Yeah. And there was that nice little exchange between Rios and Rafi when Rafi kind of looked at him and said, you know, that was a bit, perhaps a bit too close to the bone. Uh, and that's when she took her off for cake. <laughs> so the fellas were getting told off again this week. They were, but they deserved it this week. They do. I can't, I can't deny that. Yeah. An observation. Fair enough. Yeah. So we leave Agnes in a coma, Rios distrustful of Rafi, and Narek now somewhere in space, not knowing where he's going. Exactly where they're going. Yeah. 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 And that's where we leave the ship, pretty much. Yeah. This episode. That's right. And the third storyline is on Nepenthe with Picard yeah. and Soji. Yeah, that's right. And it does take up the biggest chunk of the, it does. Uh, the episode. Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. It's idyllic. It's green. It's lush. 
in direct comparison to the greyness of the cube. Yeah. They land on the planet. They're immediately held up at Arrow Point by a Robin Hood type figure who turns out to be number one and Deanna Troy's daughter, Kestra. N- named for Deanna's deceased sister. Right. Uh, yeah. Which was in an episode of Next Gen. She, she died when she was a child. Uh, she drowned. Mm. So they named the daughter for the sister. Right. Okay. Who is then at least half empath then? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, I'm not a bad character, you know. I think kids can sometimes come across as a little bit overwritten or... precocious um, or something. Yeah, yeah, and she was. She was. But um, she did serve a useful purpose, I think, in this. Yeah, so. I think she did. I think she did. I quite liked her, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're chatting. And once we, we find out, we know who each other is. I don't think she recognised Picard at first, actually. Um, but finally did. Uh and during conversation, she learns that Soji is the child of data and therefore an android. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing like just chucking language like that around without thinking about it. But, out know. of the mouths of babes. <laughs> uh, but that, remi- that stark kind of reminder upset Soji, naturally enough. Mm, yeah. Um, who was reassured then by Picard, uh, emotionally intelligent as always. <laughs> telling her that although some of her is made up, her sister Darge was very much real Yay. until she died. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. He's not He's not good with kids, is he? He's not good with kids. He struggles with kids. But yeah. then he's always said that. He always has felt uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. Wesley Crusher as well, wasn't he? Another yeah. Right. Never quite, never knew what to do. No, and Soji's somewhere between, what, 3 and 21? Yeah, so depending. He's got a he's got a wide range to aim at there, hasn't he? Yeah. A huge pool in which you can get it very, very wrong. Quite right too. Yeah. So anyway, they meet then with Deanna Troy first. Oh, who was wearing the Star Trek blue when we see her? Oh. She walks out in a top. It's not a uniform. But the top that she's wearing. I'm oh, sorry, fashion correspondence kicked yeah. in again. But she is wearing. I didn't realise I was doing it. But she's wearing something in that Star Trek blue, which is just a nice reminder, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she knows he's in trouble. She can feel that. Yeah. Uh, and she knows that he's ill. Yeah. Oh. Touching moment, wasn't it? It was, and such a warm. But you watching them hugging each other, and you're thinking. Mm. They they are genuinely hugging each other. It's yeah. not, you know, it didn't feel, feel acted. No. Well, of course, they've been on set since five that morning eating well, prawn pussies <laughs> out of the Winnie Bago. So it's not like they've just met. I know, but, but it feels like it. Yeah. Maybe they can actually act as well. Maybe they can. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk? Yeah. Who'd have thought of it? <laughs> um, but she also welcomes Soji. Yeah. Um, though Soji is nevertheless wary of the whole situation. Well, how could she trust anyone at the minute? Uh, exactly. And we do go into those trust issues, don't we? Yes. Yeah. We're clear about that. Uh, Will Riker is then hailed from the garden <laughs> while he's washing his hands or 
doing something with cheese. Carrots, that's a cheese, know. whatever. Yeah, grating cheese, yeah. And he meets Picard putting flowery hands all over the back of John, <laughs> all over the back of Jean's gilet. Off the gilet Jean. <laughs> See, another fashion. Yeah. Another <laughs> He did make a massive hit. But again, another huge bear hug. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, genuinely <laughs> pleased to see him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then after, they also then have to activate all the possible defence mechanisms in the world. Uh, I think it was just an excuse to get Riker to say shield up, because that was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but numerous, yeah. numerous shields. Yes. Yeah, of various species went yeah. up, including <laughs> the cloaking, the anti-cloaking device. Cloaking device, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And then we now interchange various conversations. So Soji and Kestra talk a little bit um, about how strange it is that Data wanted to make an android with saliva and mucus. Yeah. Uh, but he always wanted to be more human, so perhaps it makes sense. Yeah. She, sure. she asks her if you know if she can play the violin, if she could, if she likes Sherlock Holmes, if she can run faster than Ben Steele, uh, and turns out she can. Why was that shower outside? Um, I don't know, actually. This, uh, look at that house. What a, it's a huge house. It's beautiful. Why is there a shower outside? Uh, yeah, I never thought about that, really. I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it, it was fine. It was fine. There was no unnecessary, um, camera angles. Yeah. As we've discussed in earlier series and films. Yes. Um, but she had a shower and off she went. I'm just uh, going to apologise. I can hear I can hear Bingo barking in the background. Uh, I don't know why he started now either. No, probably seen squirrels or something. But just in case anybody can hear hear a dog barking in the background, it is actually Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and he should be downstairs in the dark now, asleep for an hour while I'm up here. But, oh, no. oh no. Never mind. Sorry, I interrupted. That's okay. Uh, then we have a little interchange between Troy and Picard mm-hmm. uh, in their so- her son Thad's room. Oh, so yeah. Riker and Diana's son, who is now sadly deceased. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been 18 last week, she said. Yeah. Um, and she is worried, though happy to see Picard. She's worried um, that he's bringing a whole load of trouble with him, which might put um, them, but particularly a daughter, in danger. I think yeah. to lose uh, another child would be um, very difficult for mm-hmm. uh, for anyone, but of course uh, for her too. Um, and then Picard and Will talk. So we're kind of moving around the characters a little bit. Yeah. Um, Picard actually worried that he's lost his crew and his pilot, or worried where they are. Um, so perhaps a a sense of his um, of his feeling towards his new motley crew. Yeah. Um, and they speak tangentially about the loss of Will's son. Uh, but interestingly, why they came to the planet? Because of its regenerative properties. Mm-hmm. So you wonder now whether or not this might be having an impact on Picard. On his illness in kind yeah. of neutralizing it or something yeah i don't know quite what regenerative properties it had um 
and whether it could work on Picard, um, or indeed whether it could have any impact on on Soji. Yeah. Uh, but Picard, I did wonder whether further down the line we might find out that there's some legacy of him having been on the planet. Yeah. Uh, which allows him, you know, to continue uh, for longer than he may have anticipated. Or is it that it's only the effects are only last only last while he's on the while planet? While you're on planet, yeah, remains yeah. to be seen, perhaps. Mm. But anyway, there's something there that was quite quite interested in. Um, so there Kester, was so, there was I'm sorry there was also yeah. the bit about how the sun. It wasn't just the planet, but he died because they needed some android technology. And yeah. then, then the synths, they banned it when they banned all the synths. That's right, yeah. That was the conversation that um, that Soji has with Troy. Ah, right, so okay. When they go to yeah. eat real tomatoes in the field. They're massive uh, tomatoes. Yeah, and there's that discussion about real being best, or is it? Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. And so, yeah, they needed that technology, uh, which was also discontinued as a result of mm. the the abandonment of the synth project. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem's there, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, so we'll come on to that in a second. Yeah, sorry, so, yeah, I no, thought no, that was a conversation with Troy, that's why no, I was confused right. there. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, so Soji and Casper arrive. Um, well, Picard's enjoying a glass of wine and... He, did, he looked at that bottle of wine a bit sniffy, didn't he think? He did, yeah, he did. He didn't, <laughs> didn't stop him. He didn't stop him <laughs> no, he didn't involved. stop it. <laughs> And Will sorted his pizzas out. And then Data now, for some reason, starts tilting her head, which she's never done before. Um, she's done it once that I remember. Has she? All oh, right, OK. And i tell you when it was. Yeah. It was when she was following Narek when they were going for a slide. Yeah. And they were walking down the corridor. And she did tilt her head a bit strangely. All right. But I didn't think anything about it. Now I think I'm wondering if she's tilted her head on other occasions, and I've completely ignored it. No, I think we'd because have, I think we'd have seen it because as soon as she did it, I thought, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. like Will, I thought, there you are, she's yeah. her father's daughter. Yeah. But I think we'd have noticed that before. Now you have more than I have. But only that one. Only that one. Yeah. It, yeah, I, and and I also think she seems to be going. Right through the whole of this episode, she se- she seems to be becoming less human the more she learns about herself. Well, maybe that is something that is happening, yeah. Yeah, and yet she so she was when she was oblivious to that fact, you wouldn't have known any difference at all. No, it's only when the the doubt seeds of doubt started to come that she's just started to be a lot less human. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll see more of that as we go as we go along. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Picard, um, Will, interestingly there as well, talks about Picard's classic arrogance. He does. Yeah. So we kind of come back to that again. Um, but dealing with a teenager, he says, can be extreme, an extremely humbling experience. <laughs> um, so although he thinks he's in charge and calling all the shots. Um, he probably isn't really. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. And then we go on to the Troy and Soji chat. So she's Soji's mesmerised by tomatoes that taste so real. <laughs> and real is best, she says. 
Um, and then we hear a little bit about how, about the son, Thad, and his invention of languages and him looking for uh, a homeland. That's right. Uh, and I think there's a kind of, kind of recurring theme, I think, across the series for Thad, for Soji, for the XBs, you know, looking for an identity and home, looking for Picard. Yeah. Who never felt at home anywhere except in the stars. So looking for. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I think everyone is feeling this kind of sense of loss or, you know, searching for that sense of Ardani for, for home. Where is home for all of these people? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, guess, yeah. I guess Seven is in the same situation and Elnor as well. Well, Seven has a homeland, I guess, doesn't she? In this, yeah, she's human. Yeah, but she doesn't, she doesn't dwell there. No, no, I mean, she'll have, I guess, she'll have lost that sense of affinity with yeah. Earth, perhaps, um, or assume she was born on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there is certainly that that sense, that lack of an anchor, that anchor of home for a lot of these people, which That's is true. Yeah, not that thought of that. Yeah. <clears throat> And then there's a conversation that you, you mentioned before about Thad dying of a mm. silicon-based virus. Um, and the outcome of that, of course, is that real is not necessarily best. We've got to live in harmony with technology uh, and work together. Mm. Um, but, of course, this is where Soji then explains how little she trusts anyone yeah. following her dealings with Narek. Uh, and Picard, again, is almost inexplicably explicably cruel then when he comes over and sarcastically agrees with her it's all an elaborate hoax and they've made it all up and what you know they're just out to get her um and she rightly pushes him out of the way and, and leaves yeah so i thought that was a bit harsh actually i don't know why he even felt a bit out of character even for the way they're they're redrawing him in this series i guess um it it did seem a bit he really misjudged that. And I think part of it would be because he's not used to dealing with younger people, as we've said. Yeah. And may- maybe his judgment is a little bit um, uh, tarnished, given his illness. Maybe it's that. Yeah, maybe there is something to that, yeah. But um, definitely kind of deserved that push, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, immediately Troy gives Picard a piece of a mind. Uh, Picard and Riker have to take it like naughty schoolboys. But I think the, the juxtaposition there was she immediately reminds us, you know, what the Picard of old was. She says, you just need to be Picard, compassionate, patient and curious. And there's a kind of a little reminder there that this is actually the Picard that we know. Yeah. Brought up with, not the one actually we've been observing for six of these episodes, really. Yes, some of the pig-headedness and the arrogance, perhaps, but not to the extent that it has been drawn so far. Yeah. And I think she yeah. reminds us, you know, of perhaps how he once was, certainly. And maybe he'll start to be like that again. And I think she's one of the very few characters who can actually speak to him like that as well. She used to speak to him like that when she was ship's counsellor, when yeah. she needed to. She could say to him, no, you're making a mistake. Yeah, I mean, she did say perhaps it isn't the ship's counsellor's place, but she did go back to that and call herself the ship, the count, the yeah. ship counsellor. Um, yeah. As though she knew it was her place and she was going to say it anyway. And she did, yeah, she used to, and I think she is one of the few people that uh, that can can get away with saying those things to him, and and, and he will, he might 
Chuncha and go away for a bit, but he does listen, does take on board yeah. her comments because she's coming from a completely different place. Mm. But then Crusher, Beverly Crusher was a bit the same and, and Raffi is the same, isn't she? Yeah, but I Not think Crusher... But. No, Crusher and Picard had a different relationship. I mean, yeah. in, in in another in in another timeline, yeah. in another world, yeah. Yeah. in yeah. another you know. But you know, they they and in fact they were on one of the uh, uh, episodes. You know, they could have been a couple. Yeah. You know, that was kind of they had this thread, the will they won't they kind of X Files, Mulder and Scully thing all the way through. Yeah. But you know, so I think they had that different relationship, and they were more of an age. As well. Yeah. Um, and Raffi, I think it would have been good to have seen Raffi when she, and Picard when they were together on a ship serving together, because I think that would have been a good, strong relationship as well. Yeah. When they're together, it was Maida. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can imagine what yeah. it would be like. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she puts him straight, um, but in a compassionate and caring way. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, you know, it's now time for tea. Of course. In the, Troy, the Troy Riker household. <laughs> um, they begin tea, but still no contact with Picard's ship or crew. So they discuss the possibility of getting another ship from Captain Rupert Crandall. Who he? Yeah, who has a ship, but it's broken, according to uh, Will. Uh, so who is he? I don't know. Uh, mm. To try and take Soji home. Um, Where? Home... Home well, the, the oh, the, to the planet with all the storms and the two red moons, or whatever. I think so, yeah. Okay. Now she says she doesn't trust Picard. Mhm. Um, but after um, he tells her to scan his physical signs of trustworthiness, she says she doesn't actually trust him, but understands that he believes he's telling the truth. Mhm. Which is quite an interesting uh, comment to make. He kind of appealed to her. Logic, yeah, in a sense, so, yeah, a computer, so, right? Yeah. yeah, she can believe him even if she doesn't trust him. Yeah, um, I don't know what that knocking is either. <laughs> <laughs> is that bingo coming for his dinner? Let me in. It could be. It could be. <laughs> um, I'm hoping it's outside, not inside. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but whilst no one knows where Soji's homeland is, Kestra, like all kids, secretly on a mobile device under the table, finds <laughs> out via this Captain Crandall, who seems to know uh, where it is. Um, so now we, we get a, a sense of uh, he's going to this unnamed planet, just numbered planet. Yeah. So we know that we're, we're going to be taking a home. Well, and of course, any a kid with a mobile phone can find out anything, can't they? Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty good. So some things don't change. Uh, the next day we see Picard and Will, uh, their exchange. The ship came into comms range last night, but he talks about his motley crew and their baggage and how much easier it seemed with Riker and Troy et al. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> uh, he has a quick chat with Rios, who's very curt and dismissive and confirms Picard's view that Rios clearly doesn't recognise rank or privilege. Um, he says he could be a bit testy, which is a bit of an understatement. He uh, doesn't know that Agnes is in a coma, though, at the minute, no, does he? No, no, no. Mm. Or that Hugh's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Elnor. Yeah. So they sit out by the river. Nice little scene between him and Will. Oh, it was lovely. 
So nice. Yeah. Will still on active service or active reserve, but it'd take a significant emergency to get him back into space again. Um, obviously, it was too early for Picard to um, retire. But um, uh, Picard thanks him for everything, uh, but especially today for not trying to talk him out of this mission. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wouldn't have been able to anyway, I don't think. No, <clears throat> no. So um, we're drawing to the end. Uh, Kestra and Soji uh, are together again, uh, and they talk about, although Soji maybe has no one, she actually has Picard, and though Picard has no one, perhaps they could have each other. Uh, and we cut to Picard embracing and kissing both Will and Diana as they say goodbye. Yeah, again, that was really lovely. Yeah. Really nice scene there. Kestra gives Soji the compass. Broken. Broke, it's still broken. What's the point of a broken compass? Well, who knows? Maybe it's symbolic. Okay. Maybe it'll start working once she gets back to her home planet. Uh, and they embrace, and Soji returns the embrace. Again, suggesting perhaps that she's starting to trust. Oh, she does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And they beam up off the planet, leaving the domesticity of Nepenthe to the tune of the original series. Yeah. Oh. And so it continues. So it continues. Yeah. That was such a nice little episode of interaction. It was. It, it, it basically, he went for tea and stayed overnight at his friend's house on his way somewhere else. And yeah. It was so lovely. And yet we learned quite a lot from it and, and did move things forward. But compared to some of the, you know, jumping around that we've had, it was really nice to spend a bit longer in a slightly more relaxed place. Yeah, I thought exactly. anyway. Yeah. Again, kind of another mid series episode, but it was, it was good. I think it let everyone recharge yeah. It redrew some of the characters a little bit, introduced another bit of uncertainty around Agnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're interested to see the return of Seven. So Hopefully, yes. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think that's it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't th- I think we've covered everything. No, no more fashion tips this week. No. And between all the banging and the dog barking, I'm going to have to go down and see what's going on. <laughs> in case. Yeah. In case there's police at the door or something. I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I better let you go in that case. Indeed. Who knows what's waiting at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing that and uh, and for chatting. That was good fun, that. Always a pleasure. Always. Never a chore. Never a chore. So uh, you can find us at uh, on Twitter at Marie underscore uh, and also at themovieisle.com. And um, we'll, we've done a podcast for every episode so far, and we're going to continue to the end of this series. Um, and so hopefully you'll come back and join us for episode eight next week. And remember, if you can't win... Change the conditions of the test. Correct. Mm-hmm. This has been Kobashi Marie, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>